So this conversation with V was was super loaded with insights and kind of philosoph philosophical concepts to explore. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the reason I was excited to talk to V was um, she wrote a book called Living Through Alchemy, and her background is, and the reason she wrote the book is, she was an immigrant from Vietnam who through family pressure, societal pressure, and just kind of how she thought life was meant to be, she spent much of her life um, working towards a green card, studying you know, two degrees in, in biomedical engineering, trying to get a job in that field because she thought that was it. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what life is all about. But it wasn't until she started to get close <laughs> to having those things that she realized like, I don't think this is for me. And that led her to identifying her most important value, which is which is freedom. And it's not, it's important to say this, right? It's not freedom in, in kind of the simple sense of just like free to do whatever you want, free to just, you know, sit around and, and, and soak in the pleasure, you know, in whatever moment you're in. For V, freedom is, is a much deeper thing. It's a much deeper ability to um, identify the constraints that, that, you know, societal, um, family-driven, internal, personal constraints that, that inhibit us from, from being who we actually are, from finding the path in life that's actually right for us. Um, and, and she took that, you know, to an extreme, some might say, or some might say, hey, she just lived in exactly up to her value. And she's, for the last few years, lived a life where uh, she puts it kind of a nomadic van life, where she decided to move to Canada, a country she'd never been, um, get a van and just drive around and see the world. Because for her, <laughs> that's what freedom was. The freedom to explore, the freedom to learn, to, to be herself, to be in nature, to do all those things. And it was really just interesting to hear from somebody who doesn't just talk about these values in this lifestyle, but actually lives it. And, and V will be very clear and you'll hear it in the conversation. That doesn't mean that's the path for everybody. It doesn't mean everybody should quit their job and, and not listen to anything society tells you and, and go against your family and just get a van and, and travel the world. That's the point. The point of, of freedom is it allows you to figure out what's right for you, what's truly right for you and, and, and to live in accordance with that. Um, and there was lots of interesting kind of side conversations around that, right? We talked about how you overcome some of those constraints, right? How does the subconscious mind figure in and how do you actually get the self-awareness to realize that maybe you're not free and you're not living, you know, the way you should be. Um, we talked about the, the importance of logic versus emotion and listening to your heart and finding kind of that right balance. Um, we even talked about the potential risks of freedom, right? Does it, does it kill ambition? Does it kill drive, right? Is it realistic to expect you're just going to be carefree and stress-free your whole life because you found kind of your right path? And, and V was very candid to say like <laughs> stress, uh, discomfort, those things are not mutually exclusive from, from freedom and living kind of in your, in your right life or in, on the path that you're meant to be on. That stuff's all there. Um, for her, it's more about just kind of having that awareness to figure out what really matters to you, having the courage to um, actually live in accordance with that. And, and in some ways, the way she put it, to kind of trust the flow of life to take you where you're, you're meant to be. So a lot, as I said, packed in this conversation, a lot of interesting things to think about. My big takeaway was, was exactly as I said before. It's, it's more principles based than this. She, she, she's not giving a blueprint for life. She's not saying this is exactly what you need to do or, or this is the magic pill or the magic formula that will fix it all. 
it's it's an approach to life that gives you a better chance to figure out what what your path is and to figure out what you're meant to be doing. And I think that's something all of us can be a little bit more reflective about and thoughtful about. So with that, let's get into the episode with V. All right, V, thank you so much for being on. Super excited for this conversation. So I will ask, what is the value that's most important to you? Hi, Terry. It's my pleasure to be here. So it's a, this one is very easy questions for me <laughs> because I have been following my value for the last several years now. And my highest value is freedom. Mm. Um, and I mean, freedom in pretty much everything. And what I mean is not just like freedom, like financially or like free time. What I mean is more like a spiritual freedom, mm. like the ultimate freedom, like free to be yourself, um, free to follow your passion, to do what you actually love. And so it's pretty much similar to your value to Terry's, which is authenticity. Mm. So for me, it's like having that freedom to be my authentic self. Mm. Um, because I think that even with authenticity, we constantly going to be evolved, right? We constantly going to grow. And as we grow, our authenticity actually also changes. Mm according to our level of growth as well. And so if we don't have that, um, first of all, if we don't acknowledge it, uh, we don't know that there's that path of growth, then we're just gonna keep losing ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, because I think that in this society, we are so lose touch of ourselves, and that's the reason why we get lost that's the reason why we don't know what to do in this life Mm. um and that's the reason why we have this suffering like we we don't know how to be adult Mm. (laughs) there's just so many uh problems to do with because we don't know who we are Mm. so how can we be authentic with ourselves if we don't know who we are right Mm. and so that's the reason why um, I yearn for this this freedom to um, to to it's like a path of a, a process for me to continue to grow, continue to know who I am, so that I can be authentic with myself. Mm. So it's interesting. It's it's almost as if you're saying that freedom, as you said it, it, it what you value is is that process that freedom allows you because you don't actually know what you want yet or what's going to make you happy or where you're going to be five years from now. But you know, if you have freedom and you can follow that process, you have a much better chance of getting there. I've never thought of it in that way, but that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask this question, V. Um, and in some ways there may be an obvious answer, but I think we'll get deeper. Why? And so some people could listen to this and say, that seems simple enough. So just have freedom to, to do what you want. Why is freedom so hard? Why is it something that maybe most people don't have or maybe asking it differently? What's the counter for you? If you didn't have freedom, what does that look like? Like, why not everybody just having that freedom? I know. I think like this question may seem like on the surface, but it's actually a very deep and profound, right? Because we actually don't know that we are being restricted because mm-hmm. we are being programmed. We're being indoctrinated. And so it's, 
I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Like we are actually governed 95% by our subconscious and it's called subconscious for a reason because we are we don't know that it exists. Like this program, we don't know if it exists, but we just do it kind of like mm -hmm. a robot, right? <laughs> and so if we are being um, programmed in a bad way and we don't even know that we are being programmed, then how do we know that we're free? Mm. You know? And so like 5% we are being conscious, percent. It's like we sleep, we don't mm -hmm. know. Like, like when you wake up and you brush your teeth, sometimes you don't even think about it. And you brush your teeth, but at least that's a good habit. But like ninety-five percent of the of the time may not be all of the good habits. It's may all of like bad habits, and bad habits lead you to um, uh, bad ways of thinking and. Uh, but I mean, in the relative way, the consequences that you may receive um, according to the actions that you do, mm -hmm. right? And so if, if you keep having um, negative habits, negative actions, and that's the reason why you keep creating negative consequences within ourselves, and that's why we suffer. Mm -hmm. And so what we need is the freedom to actually understand that oh we are not free now because we are actually being programmed and indoctrinated from generation to generations um and if we don't know that we are not free then we're stuck right we don't we, we can not let ourselves to grow and evolve mm. so take it a step further right because i agree with everything you're saying I think the next logical question becomes, okay, even if you acknowledge that you're not free for all the reasons you're saying, is it possible to actually become free? Can you actually overcome all that programming in the subconscious mind? And I think your answer is going to be yes, which I'm curious to hear. Like, how, how do, what does freedom actually look like then? How do you get to it? What does it look like? It's actually not a very easy process, yeah. right? For, for me, it's all about... In my book, I actually write about the seven stages of alchemy, and that was the process for me. But the first thing, the first stage is all about shifting your paradigm, your way of thinking. And the way it happened is by a, a catastrophe, like a, a, um, a tragic event that happened to actually knock me out of my head, like push me to the ground and actually rethink about my life or oh, like everything I did is wrong now because mm. it didn't work out and I was so stressed and depressed like I had to do something else differently because if I don't I'm just going to keep sinking and sinking mm. um, so you know and and a lot of time when we see these challenges happen um, our first reaction is going to into fear mm -hmm. and right and it makes sense because we needed to be safe we needed to survive um, but if you keep clinging to your old way of thinking and your old uh, way of living then you're not going to be able to um to, to get to the next level, you're still going to keep create the same circumstance, the same challenge. It's like what 
Einstein said, right? You cannot solve the problem with the same way of thinking that you created. Um, and so you have to go to the next level in order to solve your problem. And so the first thing is the paradigm shift. The, the, like, you have to acknowledge and aware that, um, oh, this way of thinking is no longer working. Like this lifestyle is no longer working and you have to keep searching for something else. So it takes a lot of courage. Um, it takes a lot of um, determination to actually do it, right? Because if you keep reacting out of fear, you're going to keep being, um, you're going to keep pushing yourself down the rabbit hole, like mm. further and further. <laughs> so it's almost like the, the paradigm shift, the, the, the maybe the adversity, the tragic event, back in terms of the freedom as we were talking about it, it's like before you can even um, embrace freedom or achieve freedom, you first have to realize that there's a need for it. And the right. recognition of the need for it is for many people, and I think myself very much included falls into this, you live a bunch of your life not recognizing you're not free and kind of just following a set path that you've kind of been programmed based on your parents or your upbringing or society or whatever it is. It's only once you have something that forces you to realize that this path you're on may not get you to the outcome you want that logically, then that forces you to be like, Oh, does that mean there's a choice for me to approach it differently? And once yeah. you start to think about that different approach, that different choice, that's where freedom comes in. Because prior yes. to that point, it's almost like you are just on a set path and the freedom is recognizing that there, I, I need to take a different way because this path isn't going to get me to where I want to get to. That's kind of the mechanic. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That, that was actually my path. Um, not necessarily that it happens to everyone, but of course I would think that we all face certain challenge in yeah. our life. Now, some may be uh, more, more significant or bigger or more hurtful than the others. But yeah, it's not necessarily that you have to face like a certain uh, catastrophe in order to shift your paradigm. But sometimes like you can just um, uh, hear the teaching from a coach or a teacher. And if that clicked to you, it's going to get you to think about your old way of living as well. Mm. And so um, it's, the first thing is all about awareness, right? You have to be aware that um, our essential show is, yes, perfect, but who we are is not perfect. And mm. that's the reason why we constantly need to change and evolve and grow because we come to this life in the body so that we can have the experience. And that experience is for us to uh, cont continue to grow our, uh, so, uh, our evolution at the soul level. And, and so, um, and because we've been restricted in this 3D body, that means we're already not free, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I, I wonder, maybe I'll get a little deeper and philosophical for a second. So let's assume somebody goes through that, right? They get to the point where they say, geez, I didn't even realize this path I was on. I was programmed for it. I need to view it differently. One of the things I often wonder is that even from that point forward, when you make that realization and you decide I want to do something differently, every reference point in your mind, every thought, every value is still rooted in that original programming. Yeah. So it, it's like, how do you actually, it's almost like you have to erase all of that. And because otherwise you may think you're free now and you're acting differently, but you're still rooted in that same programming. 
So mm-hmm. and then maybe that's what you're getting at V where it's really hard. H- how do you make that jump? How do you go from being programmed to truly being free? So that's the reason why they said it's a journey from the head to the heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the longest, the hardest distance. Um, so you would have to use your heart is the compass and how to use it is it can be very difficult because we are all trained to make decisions logically Mm. we are not really familiar with how we feel or even expressing emotion even like crying right we're not allowed to cry Mm -hmm. and so we have been conditioned to block our emotion and block how we feel and eventually we lose that touch with our heart and that is the the biggest compass to let you know which direction to go or uh, what path that you need to take. So for me, how did I do it? I actually just took a leap of faith. And when I was at that blank slate, um, I decided to make the difference. Like Because I, I lived in a very logical world. I was raised in Asian family. Um, and I, my background was in engineering. Mm. So I used my left brain constantly for everything. And so like even just feeling was very foreign for me, like making decisions by the heart was very foreign to me. And once I was asking for, uh, I was questioning about my life, like because I already lost everything um, that I had at that time. And so I was like, what next? Like, what am I supposed to do now? Right. So, and I, I was searching a lot of um, uh, books, uh, like uh, personal development books. And I was like, there has to be something for me to learn. Like, how can people succeed and I cannot succeed? Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, one of the books that came to me was The Alchemist book. And it's, it's a novel. Um, it's a it's a fictional book, but there's a lot of wisdom in that book. And the biggest lesson that I was able to relate to was to listen to your heart and follow your passion. So when I was already at the blank slate, and it's like nothing actually really worked for me anymore. So I was asking myself, what is it that I feel like I'm doing? Uh, what is it I want to be like? What is it I want to do now that I already lost everything? And the answer for me was just to travel. Uh, I just wanted to travel. I just wanted to see the world. I wanted to be free. I want to express my desire to be free. And traveling is one way for me to express that freedom. So it's like in the bottom ground, I knew at the deep core that freedom was what I wanted and mm. how do I want this freedom to look like? And that was traveling for me. And, and so I was just following this lead one step at a time. Mm. Um, and that was how I, it, it got me into this whole healing journey, like soul journey of, um, uh, of, of freedom and, constantly evolving and changing who I am like 
every year like I, I I feel like I'm I keep becoming like a different person and keep shedding the layers <laughs> and I even when I was doing that um, I I started to change and shift my perspective I didn't know like how much it would change me or what kind of freedom that I would get but when I let go of my um my, my my perspective of what freedom actually looked like in the materialistic world and listen to my heart and what that actually looks like for me um that was when everything started to change mm. so if i could because I, I think i really want to dig into what you're saying but just for context to the extent you're comfortable talking about it what can you talk a little about for you what actually got you to that point what it was the the event that led to it or what you talked a little bit about your life before right brought up in, in asian culture very logical engineering background what was it that rattled you into saying i need to rethink all of this um so i was in the u.s for 12 years in my life um since i was a teenager I came to the US from Vietnam, studying there and working there for 12 years. So in some way, I kind of consider it my home. Mm. And I, uh, I got a pretty good job in Boston after I graduated from grad school. Um, the job was exactly what I wanted. I mean, in terms of like the salary and yeah. it, it, it was giving me the H-1B visa that I needed in order to stay in the country. That was what I wanted because I thought H-1B visa would give me a green card later on so I could get my citizenship in the U.S. And that was my path of freedom. <laughs> right? um, I thought if I, I could get the green card, then I could stay in the country and I don't have to afraid of switching different employers and I, mm. I, I, would get, I would have more freedom to do whatever I want. So that was my perception of freedom. However, the job didn't go really well for me. I hated it really much. Mm. Um, no, nothing, nothing was exactly what I envisioned it to be. Like I thought, oh, this is my dream job. Um, the job was just so repetitive and boring. Uh, it was not at all creative, like what I wanted. And the boss would just keep harassing me. And it was a very stressful environment because I was working in the hospital as well. Mm. So because I was on H-1B visa, if I lost a job, then I would have to leave the country immediately. And at that point, I kind of consider U.S. was my home. Mm. I was like, I didn't want to leave the country. Like, and Going back to Vietnam, I would have to face my family um, being a failure and I would have to face the fear of shame and all that. And mm. I was afraid of losing everything that I was building up to for more than a decade uh, because of that visa. But because the, the job didn't work out well, so eventually I lost it and I had to leave the country. And um, and my my perception about what freedom was then completely crashed mm. that's the that's my, my vision everything that I wanted to build in my life is completely is it's like the, the castle in the sand that was washed away by the wave just mm. in an instant right because really like, I I was not allowed to stay in the country the moment that I lose my job I would have to leave the country immediately 
Um, and so I was like, that's it, 12 years of my life. <laughs> like I, I spent already so much money and effort in education and um, and hundreds of thousand dollars in education and 12 years of my life and for what? And now I'm, I was like at the bottom ground and what do I want to go from here? And I hated that life so much mm. because it, it constantly felt like, pressure and I didn't like who I was because I constantly have to suppress myself in order to please other people to make my co-workers my bosses happy because uh, I just wanted to hold on to the job right um, and so it felt like I was carrying a rock on my shoulder every day and I ended up having back pain mm. uh, for months uh, so my back pain actually gradually disappear afterward mm. after i went back to vietnam like about a year after <laughs> because for all those years i carried so much stress on myself um i wasn't being who i truly am and i just i i just wanted to stay in the country so i had to uh, keep my head down and please everyone and give getting higher degrees higher status in order to stay in mm. that country and, and because to me having the green card was the freedom right. and that was the, the the freedom that associated with the treaty paradigm treaty way of thinking because it's all about materialism it's not uh, it, it, to the point that I have to suppress myself, I have to lose myself in order to get that freedom. And so you see the contradiction there, right? Yeah. So if you if you lose yourself, then how can you get that freedom? Eventually, something gonna happen and it's gonna burst. What was the narrative in your head at that time? Before you lost it, before you started to realize, was it was it a conflict in your head where you were saying to yourself, "This can't be right. It doesn't feel right. I hate it." but my family or whatever it is tells me or there's, I think there's something good to this. Or did you actually in that moment convince yourself that this was the right path and it's just, you're like, ah, back pain, that's weird. Not sure where that's coming from. Like this job doesn't seem great, but this has still gotta be the right path. Like how much conflict did you have in your own head before you hit that, that kind of breaking point? Oh, oh my God, so much conflict. Yeah. <laughs> um, even even when I was at breaking point, I still didn't know. You know, I I I was I was I was just afraid, and I was just in victim mode. Like, oh, mm. why, why did everything happen to me? And I blame my own origin for being a Vietnamese. Like, why was I have to be born there? And life mm. is so difficult for me. You know, um, because I was Vietnamese, so it's like everything has to be harder for me. I have to work so much harder than everyone else. Um, and still, I didn't get to achieve, get that freedom. Mm. Um, and for me to, to be able to travel to other places, um, to be a nomad, that wasn't really possible because I'm Vietnamese, my passport doesn't work. Like I can <laughs> go hopping around different places, different country. Um, so I blame a lot on my own route. Uh, I blame that why life is so easy for other people, but not for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I blame my boss. Um, <laughs> so it, it is a, a, it's a lot of uh, victim mentality and 
even when I got the job, I knew, uh, it's, you know, in the gut feeling, you know that something isn't wrong. You can feel that. And I knew that something was wrong, but it was the only job that offered me H1B visa. So I had to go with it. It wasn't very easy to get H1B visa offer mm. um, during that time. Uh, I, I graduated in 2013 and I got the job in 2014. So yeah, during that time, there's a lot of restriction around H1B visa. So if you get it, you're not very, not just lucky, but you have to be on the top of the top of yeah. your field in order to uh, not the job, not just the job offer, but but to get the S1B visa because it's extremely competitive. Mm. Um, and so that, that's the reason why I went against my gut and I was just going for it. Mm. And it was just like, um, and I, I, looking back now, I knew that it was the wrong direction, but is right at the same time because if I didn't go through that experience I would not um, come out to be the person I am today but that was the life-changing experience for me because if I could have um, make a different decision and have a better job I would stay stuck in the corporate world and I don't know who that person would be and I, I would be in that of boring life like having a nine to five office instead of like having an adventurous in Canada living the van life explore the world and being an author and uh, inspiration for other people you know well let me ask you about that because I think that's really interesting um to your point before about it's the heart right you have to follow the heart you talk about your gut and following that if you go back to when you you got the visa you have the job right you've spent so much time as you mentioned, I'm sure there was some family pressure of, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. I could envision a scenario where if you thought about even before you left that job, if you thought after you got it, if you said, you know what, I'm not going to take this job. It doesn't feel right to me. There would have been another part of you where it would have felt wrong for you not to take it. You would have felt like mm -hmm. my family's going to be disappointed. So that emotion yeah. that you speak of, in some ways it can go both ways. And I think that's where it gets really hard for people where they're like, well, how do I know which gut feel to really trust? Cause on one hand, my gut tells me I can't quit this job. That, that would be crazy of me. But on the other hand, it tells me I have to, because this isn't who I am. How do you, how do you distinguish that? Um, I think that whatever decisions that you make is still going to gift you back to the same, uh, the same path. Right. For me, um, I, now I learned to make decisions by the heart, but back then I didn't know, right? I would just make decisions based on what's logical, like which job would be better in terms of like different benefits, right? So I think that it's okay to make the wrong decision. Mm. Because once you make the wrong decision, then at least you know that it's wrong, and then you're gonna it's gonna steer you back into the uh, the right path. Like for me, I think that all of those choices was wrong. Even if I could have like a different offer, um, it would still be wrong. And I think the same thing was still gonna happen, but it may happen at a later time instead of um, you know with this current job that I hated really much. 
Um, so it is, it's all about um, your perspective and how you actually see it, because I think that doesn't matter which direction, what choices that you make, um, something is going to happen. And because you're still going to have that, um, that, that same way of thinking, when you still have the same way of thinking, you're still going to create the same reality. Mm. Doesn't matter which path that you actually take. So in hindsight, right? Like, let's say you could go back and talk to yourself before you took that job. Do you think there's anything you could have said to yourself in that moment that would have had you realize, you know what, I'm going to go move to Canada now and we'll get into it, right? And the traveling. <laughs> like, I guess what I'm asking is, is it possible to realize these things and kind of take the shortcut route to who you should really be? Or do you have to just let it play out how it happens and hope you got, and, and to your point, get back to where you should be anyway? I think that you should just, let everything to experience the way that it is instead of taking the shortcut. Because okay. if you don't have the experience, if you don't go through that pain, you're not gonna come out as strong as you are now. Mm. It's like in the, um, you know, the uh, caterpillar that turns into mm -hmm. the butterfly, right? The metamorphosis. Now, when the when it's almost finished to um, uh, the metamorphosis is about to finish and the butterfly is about to take wings but it still has layers of that cocoons around it, right? But if you rip of that layer to help the butterfly, it's not going to be able to fly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to die because it doesn't know how to fly. And so it would have to come out the way that it is. Um, it has to go all through that mess and all through that struggles to be as strong as it is now and and to be able to fly by yourself and so if i could go back in time and talk to myself i was like just take it easy <laughs> it's gonna be okay by the end <laughs> well and it's funny because you could bring it back to your book even and, and and in general even my podcast everything we do it begs the question like what what do you hope people take from your book? Because in the one hand, you'd say, well, I hope they learn and they, they could they could in some ways take that shortcut and, and realize these things quicker. But then on the other hand, given what you're saying, which I think is true too, you can't, you can't rip that cocoon off. They have to do it themselves. So what, somebody that's reading your book, what, what is the hope for them? What is the objective? Is it just to give them hope and optimism that you could get there? Or is it more tactical than that to say, here's how you should approach it? I think that any tactics that or any methods that that you learn from books, you would have to actually do it yourself. You would have to do the work, and that's um, that's the part that trained you in order to fly. I don't think it is a shortcut, but uh, we all need the guide and the help along the way for us to grow and evolve because if we don't, we're still gonna get lost even if we have that desire to grow as a person. And hence we have teachers, coaches and mentors and gurus, right? Um, so, but not all of these teachings that actually resonate with you. So you would have to, again here, I always follow my intuition and find the wisdom um, 
according to what I'm drawn to, what I want to learn at this time, and what teachers actually resonates with me, what books actually resonates with me. Um, so my way of learning is always be curious. Mm. Um, know that you, you will always have room to grow um, because we are not perfect. We, we, we don't know everything. And so when we stay open and curious, we will allow ourselves to constantly um, learning and growing and observe all the wisdom uh, from the people that we are supposed to learn it from. I don't learn everything from the biggest name in the industry, but I allow my heart to kind of guide me um, uh, to what knowledge and what wisdom I need to learn. Sometimes I learn from my dream time as well. Yeah. Sometimes I learn from uh, books or from coaching from different sources here and there depends on what actually draw me to sometimes I even learn from Gaia program you know um, so what I'm really hoping that my book would do for people is first to give them the awareness mm. uh, because I think having awareness is the most important thing like the first thing like knowing that we are all uh, carry this indoctrination and program from generations. And, but there's a path of healing, depends on what is it that you want to choose. But my book is about alchemy. And alchemy is a universal process of transformation and uh, transmutation. It's all about change. We all have to change, like nature have to change, human we have to change, even the universe always constantly uh, expanding and growing. And so that process is inevitable, mm. um, so are us. So we have to have that awareness and acknowledging it once you know that these uh, these stages of alchemy and the process of alchemy that you have to go through in your life, once you have more awareness, then um, then you can actually utilize it and living more consciously. And it's also up to you what path you want to um, to go in order to grow yourself. It doesn't necessarily say, okay, this is exactly what you have to do in order to grow, but more so uh, it's asking you to reflect and choose your own path. So you have to reflect on yourself, like where you are now and or your stage of being, like which stage of alchemy you are in, what challenges that you have to face. And so when you have more knowledge and awareness about that stage, so you can actually ask yourself, like how can you, uh, what can you do and or how can you overcome this challenge in order to continue growing to the later stages? In my experience, it's kind of the first four stages is more like uh, external forces that kind of push you. But when you go to the later stages, like it's all about your uh, internal personal power that you would have to push yourself to get to the finish line. So it's mm -hmm. not very easy process. 
but having the awareness of it and you get to understand it, then you can utilize it to work for users and allow uh, things to change and allow things to happen and go with the flow instead of going against the flow. We go against the flow because we don't know. We don't know about the universe. We don't know how everything works. We don't know about life. And sometimes we go against it by will, but sometimes we don't know what we're doing. That's mm. why we're going against the flow of life. Um, and so that's where having awareness is essential in order to, um, to, to help us to understand how the universe works. It's kind of like with the law of attraction as well. A lot of people think that you just envision it and, you know, is is. <laughs> Works well, well, in a higher level, it works that way. But we human, we, we have because we have so much of that indoctrination, we have so much programming to kind of weigh us down, it's anchor our energy down, and mm -hmm. that's the reason why we can't manifest. So, until we have to uh, to grow and evolve and, and make our energy lighter. That is when we can manifest greater life and and um, and greater abundance for ourselves. And so, yeah, I, I I really hope that people can get this message from my book and know that we actually don't live in a free world, even though we think that we are. Maybe we'd be tricked to know that we live in a free world. And that's the reason why we have suffering. And, and that's the reason why we, we need to uh, have the go through the healing journey and healing process. And especially at this time now in the world, because I think that we need more freedom now because all, all of these things, uh, events like the pandemic and all the crazy events that happens in the world right now um, is asking us um, more and more to, to reflect on ourselves and, and to, go, um, to go through with that healing journey so we all can be free from the inside because until then the world is not going to be free. Mm. You know, we have to have the freedom within ourselves first um, because that would release all the hatred that would, uh, when we return to our eternal self, to our true self, that's when we can find the love for who we are. Mm. When we can find the love within yourself, then we can find the love for other people around you. And that's when we can create more peace and true peace and freedom within the world that's required each of us to do the work first yeah i like i like a lot of what you're saying and i, I want to ask because in some ways there's there's a theme in it right where you started with freedom where it's it's an openness it's a freedom as you said to go with the flow of, of the world and the universe and life and we're constantly changing and that freedom that 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 true freedom allows us to do that and that is what we should strive for I'm curious, do you think that is the end of the thread there or is all of that a means to something? Like if, if you are truly aware and open and you're kind of going with the flow of life, is that it? Like wherever it leads you, wherever it goes, you're good? Or is there more to it? Like how, how do you know, maybe I'll make it specific for you, 
how do you know the actions you're taking are in alignment with that, right? And, and I'm assuming part of the answer is it, there's a feeling to it, right? That you can uh, feel it, but how do you, can you describe that feeling maybe, right? Like how, how, do, you, how do you get to, what, what are you ultimately trying to achieve in life? Is it still happiness? Like, is it that you're happier and that's what tells you that I'm on the right path? Or what, what does that look like? Uh, so what it looks like to be alive, for me, is like seeing a lot of synchronicities um and everything it seems to be more harmonious like the people around you and you and work doesn't seem to be so heavy like you have to grind yourself in order to achieve something um, um so there's a sense of effortless Mm. Uh, whatever you do within your your daily life like how you live um, can be incorporated into your work especially when you do something that uh, uh, involves your passion your love for something that's how the effortless come from because you would just spend your time doing it um, so that one part of feeling being more aligned and um, just you will start seeing a lot of synchronicities that happen is kind of like the synchronicities I decide from mm. the universe. I certainly think it's just going to work itself out mm. in order to help you to achieve something that you actually want. Um, and you feel more at ease within yourself. Um, you feel like you love yourself more, like I like the version of myself now compared to the old version of myself. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and the people, the relationships that I have with people is a lot easier. There's not as much conflict. Um, so there's the harmony around it. And um, it's, it, uh, and it's just like within yourself, you just feel like there's not a lot of things that can trickle you, make you upset or angry, like you don't react as much, but it's easier to take a step back. And if, if something that does trickle you, it's much easier to have an awareness and take a step back and uh, process this instead of reacting to it. Mm. Um, so it's, it's like there's not a lot of things in the external world can really affect you like emotionally, um, like in a bad way. And if it does, even if it does, then you know, oh, that trigger must have something that's still the impurity within me. So, uh, so after you've gone through the process, you realize, oh, what do I need now? What do I need to know about this emotion? Like, why am I being triggered by it? Like, what wound is it? Like, and how I can actually process it. So over time, like, the more you're doing it, the more you're going to feel so much at ease and at peace within yourself, mm. you know? What is, what is, um, so I'm trying to think of an example to tell you. I, I mean, it sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. I think the, the, the parallel you said of like, when you do something you're passionate about or you love, right? I think a lot of us can relate to that. Even if we think back to when we were kids, and it's playing with our friends outside, or maybe there's a hobby that we have that we love. I think like extrapolating that feeling and saying, that's just life now. You just feel like that, like you're, you're kind of in that state all the time is a really good way to explain it. 
But what, what about it when things do go wrong? And you started to touch on it. So I, I want to use like a real example. So I guess, let me ask you. So your life, right? I know you did a lot of traveling. That's what's really important for you. Um, I don't know where you're at in the world now, but let's say I'm trying to make up a scenario. Um, all your money disappears, right? Somehow, uh, maybe, maybe you get, um, your identity gets hacked and all your money is gone and now you can't travel. Somebody would look at that and say, okay, that warrants me being angry. Um, it warrants me starting to think about, I need to change my approach. Maybe I should have been more responsible. Maybe I should have felt more stress in my life because then I would have protected myself against this. Again, just a silly example, maybe, but like how in your world do you handle that now? How does the, in the, in the kind of the right way in the free way that you're saying? Um, Cause I think a lot of people would hear what you're saying and say, it sounds amazing, but what about mm -hmm. when life kicks me in the face? Like, then what do I do? How am I supposed to handle that and still be happy? Well, if you say how to learn another lesson, um, something must have like something must have gone really wrong. I think uh, at the later stage in your life, when you feel like when you don't, when your action is not about reaction anymore, you got you don't extract a much negativities into your life. However, to answer your question, if you do have like a catastrophic event. Um, something happened and it actually did happen to me actually like someone just crashed into my van mm. and um <laughs> but i i wasn't inside so i was okay um so a lot of things that you don't really um foresee and it may just kind of throw at you um so i i remember when that happened um i was upset for sure we we're actually very normal. Um, we, we're human, so it's, it's okay for us to have like emotion, but then it's okay to just like cry all of it out. Mm -hmm. It's okay to uh, be upset and be angry as long as you don't direct it towards someone, um, that negativity towards someone, then that person is going to pick up on it and it's going to like transfer it to someone else. So the way that I do with it is by either by journal. Uh, that's the most effective way for me. When I get really angry, I get really frustrated. I get upset. Uh, or when I feel fearful, I feel like I'm not good enough for like a certain thing, then I would write down, um, either I meditate first to uh, feel that like swirling emotion within me first. And I would write it down. Um, everything, I don't think when I write, so you just, it doesn't have to be even complete sense. It doesn't have to be like a right, the right grammar or correct spelling. I just write whatever that I feel at that time. And when I do that, I suppress my analytical brain, the judgment and the, or the critical thinking and just allow myself to feel and have that, um, uh, uh, have that just all that emotion comes out. And um, I would just like after either it comes with tears or sometimes it doesn't come with tears, but most of the time it was you just would cry that out. And when the tears come out, you know that there's 
the magic that happened, you're going to feel released afterward. So you're going to need to have that compassion within yourself first and allow yourself to feel even you do not curse anything that actually happened. It's okay to even like be in that victim mode, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to have that compassion for uh, your victim first because you, you are limitless. But at the same time in this human body, you are not completely limitless. You still feel a, a sense of uh, powerless, right? So allow for you, uh, to feel that first and have the compassion for that part of yourself first. And once all of that emotion comes out, like it's like the cloud is still going to disappear over time. Uh, and then you're going to feel a little bit better about the events and how everything that actually happens. No, if you don't actually do anything wrong because that what actually happened, to me, I often ask um, if I didn't respond, like, is there any way that I actually responsible for uh, this event or this thing to actually happen? Because if I am responsible for it, then I would have to take the responsibility to correct it, to make it uh, better. And, and so this responsibility is like, is it like my energy? Mm. Uh, like, do I have any negativities? Is there some something within me that still need to change and still need to transform? Um, so that is the first thing that I would ask before I do any um, I, I do any correction about the event, right? And um, and so just allow. Things, if, if there's a some things that I don't know, then I will just wait and be patient for everything to slowly unfold. Mm. Um, and then you take the appropriate action toward it. Um, so it was actually frustrating for my vein to get hit because I would have to look for a place to stay. Um, and I was out of the province and in Canada, if you're out of province, the insurance is a lot more complicated. Mm. <laughs> uh, and so it, it was kind of like a whole mess for me, but eventually everything kind of resolved itself out. Um, and how much stress did you feel throughout that V? Like, I, I, so I get the first point, right? It first happens, you kind of swim in it, journal, let it play out. But now you're looking for that place to stay. <laughs> or you're on the phone with the insurance company and they're, you know, you're on hold for a half hour and they send you to somebody else and they're not going to pay out as much as they should throughout all that. Is there, is there stress still in that? Or is there this feeling of calm and kind of peace of like, eh, it's just what life is. It's just the journey. I'm kind of going through it. I think uh, for some moment, if you're stressed and some moment I calm myself down, mm. I don't feel like I'm a stress. Um, when I feel stressed, I go into nature, uh, I go running, I go do exercise. So it's about shifting yourself back to the balance. The thing is like, if you continue to stay in that stressful mode, to stay in that frustration, 
you're gonna attract more negative activities to come into your life. So you don't want to do that. You have, if you feel stressed, you feel frustration, you need to release this right away. Because if you allow yourself to stay longer in that, something else bad gonna happen. It's mm. not gonna work out the way that you want it. Mm. So you you would have to shift yourself back into balance and to staying calm. So that's what I did. And um, so, Definitely, sometimes when I talk to them, I feel really stressed. <laughs> but then I'm like, I'm gonna go running, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, or I'm gonna go meditate. Um, sometimes meditation doesn't really work for me when I feel like really a lot of emotion, yeah. uh, when I feel really frustrated. So allow yourself that time to really calm down, go out for the run, write it down. Uh, sometimes I cannot meditate. I, I just write it down mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. have a friend to talk to, to vent. Or you can even like record your venting within yourself. So just like one time I actually recorded my mm -hmm. voice. I was just, I'm just going to vent it out. I don't <laughs> care how bad it is. <laughs> but it doesn't at least direct towards the person or yeah. someone else yeah. um so uh, all those things just help you to calm down so you don't create the cascading effect yeah well it's know? interesting because you said it a couple times and I, and I and i think there's a lot of truth to it like as i'm thinking it through my lens i think stress is part of life right and, and there's always going to be aspects of that so it's, it's unrealistic and anybody who says like no no no, i'm literally happy all the time is either lying or, or there's a different problem at play there but when I think about it for me, and it gets right back to your, where you started with freedom, like when I do have that stress, let's, let's say it was me and I was on the phone with the insurance company, there is stress in that. But the deeper stress, the stress that allows it to sustain and becomes more painful is because I'm already thinking about, well, I have to go pick up my son later, or I have to do this for work. And I have to do, once you start layering in all those things that are the opposite of freedom, those constraints of life that you feel like you yeah. have it's so much harder to just let that stress be what it is in the moment, run it off and be done with it because it's all interconnected to all these other things. Yeah. I think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying, which is when you've achieved that freedom to say, I don't have, I'm not tied to anything kind of psychologically or literally in terms of where I need to go. It makes it that much easier to just let the stress come and go and then move on to it. It's when it's deep rooted in those constraints that I feel like it becomes more of a problem, you know? Right, right, right. That, that, that's the thing, like, as you go on this journey, you start to realize because you already learn all the tools and it's, it, it's up to you to embody all the tools and all the lessons that you learn in order to stay back in balance because they're always going to be like external challenges that are going to push you. Right. And so um, the point here is that you would have to do the work to keep yourself in balance. That's that in stoicism, that's mm -hmm. what they teach, right? Um, like no matter what actually happened in the world, this is always going to stay center, mm -hmm. um, even though you're shifting. So this is like the pendulum where you're constantly going to be like shift back and forth, back and forth. Um, so, but now that you know now that you learn and you know that you have the capability to keep yourself in balance so it's really up to you whether you want to do that or not mm. uh, or so having awareness um can can help you to stop it from um going down the rabbit hole like yeah. going further and shifting to one side of the scale mm. you know so yeah 
Yeah, and maybe, maybe as we're coming towards the end here, the, the question that I that I often come back to on this is: Is there any downside to this? Is there any? So, right, the idea of um, listening to your emotions, you know, listening to your gut feel, um, not kind of getting too caught up in anything, and like almost minimizing your expectations of this is what you know and all that. Sometimes when I think about that and I push it and I keep pushing on it, I worry about like does it does it translate into like lack of ambition? to where sometimes stress, expectations, these things, they become functional because they drive us to, to accomplish things. But as soon as we set our sights on, I wanna accomplish this, right? I wanna be the greatest podcaster ever or whatever it is. Um, it seems contradictory to what, to what you're saying, maybe, right? Because now that I'm no longer free. I've now set this goal. And if things start to go awry, I can't just let it flow away because I need to fix it because I need to get to this goal. So do you see any aspect of that? Or how do you think about that? Like ambition, drive, work ethic, all those things that come with it. I don't think they're exclusive from what you're saying, but I could see somebody thinking they might be. How, how, do, you, how do they factor into this? So I, I was asked this question before, actually, by someone, I think by a colleague, like now that you have more work to do, like how do you balance? Do you feel free? Now you have more ambition and yeah. more work to do. Um, so... I think freedom comes with responsibility as well. It's not like if you completely aloof, if you completely just out there and free, then what's the point for it? You know, so the, the freedom is comes from the inside. Now, if you don't take your responsibility, if you don't follow your ambition, do you actually feel free? Because because do you actually feel happy? You know, when you're doing that, because you feel like you're, owing, you're going against your gut. However, if you take that responsibility and follow your drive and your passion, does it make you uh, feel proud about yourself? Does it make you feel like you have own achievement? And perhaps that will create more freedom for you down the line, because um, the when like when you create more uh, financial freedom within yourself, you'll have to put in the amount of work um, in the beginning, but then it's going to create more freedom for you later on, right? And so I think that when you, I don't necessarily say that you have to put stress within yourself. I think certain amount of stress uh, can be good, especially when is. Um, the healthy stress to drive you it's like a force to to drive you forward instead of like uh, bring mm. you down I mm. think it depends on your ego is like a positive ego or the negative ego the neg the, the negative ego come the negative stress come from the negative ego is what hold you back um, but the, the stress that you create on yourself um, that drive from the positive ego to create something good for the world, something good for yourself that come out of your passion. Um, in a short amount of time, it's okay. But if this stress is like in for a longer amount of time, if it's constant and it's permanent, then probably you're doing something wrong. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, I think for a short amount of time to have that stress, it's fine mm. um, because you you kind of need it as your driving force to push you forward. Um, but but if if at 
at least if it goes against, uh, if it goes with your heart and not against your heart, because if it goes against your heart, then you know that is um, you are on the wrong path. Mm. So for me, like I said, if I have the responsibility, I feel like I have responsibility and I, I know that I have to contribute my time to do something that necessary instead of going out there and have fun and explore, um, I would do that first and then I would have some time and go explore. And I feel more free mm. to go explore and have that time for myself instead of like spending all the time uh, and have fun and not taking that responsibility. So it's all about finding your own balance, your the system that actually work for you. Um, it's, it's some the system that has to work um, in alignment with your highest value, but at the same time, not shifting yourself out of the balance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense too, in terms of the awareness you said before, because it, it's, it comes back to that. Like for you to have a sense if you're in balance or not, you have to be aware enough of yourself to be able to distinguish between that stress that's positive driving you forward versus the negative and being aware enough to say like, hey, I've felt pretty crappy now for the last six months working towards this goal that I think I want, but why do I feel so crazy? There must be something here. And you dig into that more, right? So maybe maybe last yep. question, V, wow. big, big picture question here. Like, what do you think is there like a standard steady state or, or normal state for humans? Like all of this in some ways is very simple, but at the same time, unbelievably hard because our minds are so complex in how we try and do it. Why do you think that is? Like, it, it, are, are we trying to get back to a natural state that we've somehow gotten removed from? Or are we trying to overcome our own natural state of our minds to get to a better place? Um, that's a good question. Are we going against our own natural state? Or are we I going back to it? Yeah. Are we going back to it? I think... Do we actually know that we are normal? Because it's like the world is shifting inversely we don't know what's normal and what not normal so it's like when I live my way of my lifestyle to other people they say it's not normal but to me it's normal it's all about your own perception as well so what's normal and what's what not normal to you uh, I, I think that in spiritual practice you're essential self is your light being so in a way it feels not normal because we are not used to it but it is normal because that is or, or it's natural because that is the way it is mm, mm. so i think it's also both way mm. so it's not natural for us because we are not used to it we condition to not used to it but it is natural because that's the way that we're supposed to go or we're supposed to do. We're supposed to return to our own essential self. But, but doesn't, that, doesn't that beg the question, like, if, if, if it is natural, but we're conditioned against it, how did we get conditioned against it, right? Did our, did our natural state bring it? Did it lead us astray or did... Like we could, we could talk about things, right? The media, we could talk about societal pressures, but in some ways that's all 
quote unquote natural. That's all humans just do it. Like, was this, were we destined to get to this point where it was so hard for us to act naturally in accordance with the universe? Yeah. Like, is a weird yeah. contradiction in that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, like, like I said, it's the, the natural term is kind of relative to to each person and each culture and how we actually perceive it, and that's how we know that we're being conditioned. If it's not natural, if it's a natural way of being, but we 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 don't feel it's natural. That means like there's something in our brain that's like we're being programmed that way. So so it's all about learning and unravel um, the myth, the wisdom, what's true and what's not true. And that's that's what it taking us on a journey to find out what is true. And that truth is only uh, for you to know, like you have to own truth, like my truth is not your truth, your truth depends on your 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 path and your values to you create your own truth so we each create our own reality and our own universe right and so um it's, that's the reason why we have experience and we have life mm. so life is for us to experience um and i, I that's why we need to take the left turn in order to know that we have to go right <laughs> mm. Mm. Like and so we just yeah we just have to uh, experience this in our own way and so i think that if it's not natural for you uh, but if it's natural for other people then either you go on a journey to explore it yourself or uh, go dig deep inside and ask yourself, is there a certain aspect about this that can be natural for me? Because like after seeing me living the van lifestyle, actually people around me started to question, like maybe I should live <laughs> this way too because it seems so fun, it looks so fun, you know? But it, it's just a little unnatural for them because now they would have to um, live their job, with their family, do their, their certain place, um for some people they go ahead and, and go with it but some don't because they still cannot release a lot of um burdens that they still carry mm. uh, and so for me i didn't know van life is actually my truth i i went for it because um, I was curious. I was curious to know about myself. I was curious to know about life. I wanted to have more time to explore, like not just the outer world, but also explore my inner world as well. Because at that time, I was questioning so much about my own existence, my life purpose, and I wanted to figure that out. And I, I, I knew I couldn't get that if I still living um, a normal way in the, the corporate world, I had to do something else differently. And I, I took that leap of faith and that's what I did. And eventually it's, I, I found my old truth. Mm. Like for, I was raised as um, a Catholic and, you know, I have a lot of conflict with my mom now because we don't believe in the same thing anymore. I don't go to church anymore, you know, but she does have a certain truth that, holds truth for her because she has worked her path and some things on religion has helped her to overcome a lot of struggles in her life and um, that's what she believed and that's 
that that that's what give her the the uh, the power and the drive to continue on living and overcome uh, challenges in her mm-hmm. life. But there's certain things in that religion I don't agree with, and I don't believe that it's true. You know, so it's like she create her own truth according to what she believes in, according to what she's told, and so she creates her own reality and because I don't believe in any of it so I have to go find that out my own way I have to find out my own truth um and by learning from other people and also by experiencing it myself so everything that I learn other people tell me sometimes I believe it sometimes I don't and if I don't I have to go and experience it and find it out for myself and that how I, I learned that to be true or not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for other people, they may have experienced it differently. And so it may not be true for them, you know? And so that's why I say this, um, this process of alchemy is universal, but there's millions of paths. We all have to create our own path, mm-hmm. um, whatever that actually works for us, whatever that um, um, uh, that's, that's more aligned for us and true for us and that's the path that we we need to work and that all have to come from the wisdom of the heart definitely mm. it's not from the wisdom of the mind listen <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I, I i thoroughly enjoy this conversation i think it's it's a good mix of like really interesting philosophical questions about how we function but also at the same time really practical insights into how to live and and to your point right there, there's no direct blueprint here. It's not like, hey, read the book or follow this step A, B, C, D. What I really like about it is back to where you started is it's it's about, it's more principles-based than rules-based. It's more about a process where if you follow this process um, of awareness and freedom, that will lead you to better outcomes. And that in many ways um, allows for that freedom because you don't feel constrained by I have to do it this way. You don't feel constrained that everybody has to see it the way I do, or that my mom or my spouse, whoever has to agree with it. It's this freedom to say, um, if, if, I, if I approach this and kind of go with the flow of life, I trust good things will come and I don't have to be worried about beyond that. And I think that's, that's super powerful and interesting. So yeah, I really yeah. enjoy it. I'm really grateful that you were on today and kind of shared this really, really, really do what I do. It's, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me here again. And I, I love all the questions. Very profound, very practical. And I, I love it when some people like just pick on my brain. <laughs> well, that's what I hope. That's what I hope for the show is that for people listening, part of the reason I do the show is I think you're the perfect example. Somebody sometimes, and maybe I'm just projecting myself, but there's people that will listen to things like this and, and hear what you're saying and say, that sounds great, but it doesn't really work. It's not, so I, I'm part of what I want to do on this show is ask some of those questions to get to that deeper level and deeper response. So people are more willing to listen and more willing to try it. And I think you had, uh, it, we did that today, I hope so. Yeah, so. no, I, I, I loved it. I, I, I love that perspective. And I love that the, the, it's the reason why I think that philosophy have to be practical. Yes. Uh, that's the reason why I wrote my book. I was like, this is the philosophy of alchemy, you know, and I'm giving my life experience as a practical example, how it's go through this philosophy like yeah. ancient wisdom and I think it's so essential that philosophy has to work because if it doesn't work in our life then what's the point useless. of learning that yeah, philosophy yeah. yeah well said yeah. well said well, <laughs> thanks so much again really really do appreciate it
Thank you, Terry. All right.